cab up. Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. How are you doing tonight, Katie? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I'm excited about tonight's topic. Oh, me too. You know, honestly, I was a little worried about having a, a whole second episode's worth of things to say about Forces of Destiny. But once I started writing things down and gathering my thoughts, I realized, oh yeah, I have a lot to say about Forces of Destiny. <laughs> Funny how that happens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a poll on Twitter. Um, oh, we sure did. We uh, it was a good one. <laughs> requested your best pitch for future Forces of Destiny episodes, and we got a few responses. Do you want to read some of those? Sure. Yeah, I would love to because uh, our listeners had some really great ideas. So I'm very excited to share these. Um, at Amy Wishman said, uh, my heart desperately wants a Shmi Skywalker episode. And oh my goodness, I could not agree more. <laughs> I think, I think all of our hearts want a Shmi Skywalker episode. There's more love for Shmi, honestly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> She's definitely uh, underutilized at this point. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I would like to be able to see her as more than Anakin's mom, but at the same time, I crave more of her with tiny Anakin. I, I, I'm conflicted. I'm like, well, she's more than a mom. She's a person. But also seeing her like guide and shape tiny Anakin would be adorable. I, I just I, I don't know what I want. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of hard to nail down specifics. It's just her being a parent, a single yeah. parent in a dangerous world would be good. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Especially, it, you know, if we had an episode where, where the conflict maybe was her keeping Anakin out of danger or her doing something to, to save Anakin, you know, maybe he's an actual infant. That would be really cute. Well, yeah. you know, just, just fun to show how strong and brave Shmi could be. I just... Yes, I would love that. That would be amazing. Um, but I was also thinking a fun uh, take with Shmi would be seeing her on on the Lars's farm. Maybe her bonding with her stepson Owen, like or Baru, or Baru. Yes, if Baru's hanging out all the time on the Lars farm, that that would be terrific. Seeing Shmi and Baru get along. <laughs> maybe maybe they have to defend the farm. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Like finding a way to like scare off or chase off, uh, you know, Jawas or Tuscans or something like that would be cool. Maybe not Tuscans. Maybe we keep Tuscans away from Shmi. That sounds. <laughs> oh, please keep the oh. Tuscan Raiders away from Shmi. Exactly. Yeah, we're not we're not going to go there. But yeah, a Shmi episode would be fantastic. I mean, I know kind of uh, the point of the Forces of Destiny cartoon show is to kind of help promote the dolls. Mm -hmm. And I don't see them making a Shmi Skywalker doll anytime soon. Like, I'm not saying they shouldn't. 
I just don't see it. I don't see, you know, marketers sitting around going, you know, who really needs a doll? She is not the most popular (laughs) character. That's for sure. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't see them making a, a, you know, the Shmi Skywalker action figure. Now with, uh, (laughs) I don't know like what kind of weapon she would have. Yeah. I don't know. It would be cute though. Um, but yes, definitely we need some more Shmi love. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, young Baru would be would be a good doll or a good a good thing to see in that episode. It would uh that would be really fun. And I, I think I think it would be super cute to see Owen with uh, with Baru and, and and Shmi. Both both obviously. Like these are relationships. All of these relationships need just a little more looking at. I always kind of felt like we, you know, Owen got the short end of the stick. Well, all of them, honestly, on tattooing got the short end of the stick. You know, because we only get such a brief look into their lives, but just kind of seeing what it what it meant for Owen to have a new mom yeah. and to feel that attachment to Shmi, like so much so that he would then raise, you know, Anakin and Padme's child. Like, I don't know, there was something there. Do you don't think that he was just raising Luke because he got free manual labor? <laughs> Oh yes, <laughs> like Baru comes in with the babe, and and Owen just goes, ah yes, more hands to work the farm. I mean, poor Owen. No, no, I like to think he did it out of memory of his of his stepmother that he really loves me a lot. Like that that's the canon I choose to accept. Okay, my father in law would uh gives me the impression <laughs> that. He- he was born to work on the farm. <laughs> we just, you know, had more children to, to work the farm. That's yeah, awful. and he was the only boy, so he had a whole lot of work to do. Uh, oh, jeez. All right, moving on, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, also on Twitter, at Knights, a Knight of M said uh, that the ideal Force of Destiny episode would be the Resistance girls meet up with Rey, shenanigans ensue, they're all BFFs at the end before she leaves to find Luke. That also sounds like an amazing episode. Do you know what my favorite part of this tweet is? What's your favorite part of this tweet? Shenanigans. Shenanigans, yes. The Star Wars (laughs) galaxy needs more shenanigans. I think the Star Wars galaxy runs on shenanigans. Like, you know, I, I... you. At the end of the day, what was Palpatine doing except shenanigans? Like, <laughs> 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 but yes, I I love this pitch for an episode. Um, honestly, for me, when I hear the phrase "Resistance Girls," my brain my automatically goes to Rose and Paige, just kind of like because that's what we've been seeing for the Last Jedi. Yeah. But Knights of M brings up. Um, other characters. Oh gosh, I was looking for the list. <laughs> I can't remember them off the top of my head. Just Pava, Kara, Conix yes. is what yes. she mentioned. Yes, Jessica Pava. I I can't believe I forgot about her because Jessica's amazing. But you know, just all of those amazing pilots, all those amazing resistance fighters, all just welcoming Ray in when she comes to uh, comes to uh, the resistance base at the end of Force Awakens mm-hmm. and. You know, showing her what's what, showing her around, maybe helping her get that new outfit that she leaves with, you know, her uh, her resistance outfit. Yeah. Is pretty fabulous. Let's be real. You know, who uh, who helped her pick out that outfit? Where'd she get it? <laughs> that's it. That's what we're here for. It has a Improving pretty sweet vest, is, if I remember correctly. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. So, 
yeah, I would be here for this. Not not just for let's make this a fashion episode, but I would be here for seeing Ray have some female friends because it's kind of not right that throughout Force Awakens, kind of the only other woman she talks to is Maz. Like she she hugs Leia at the end and they, you know, Leia tells her, may the force be with you, but they don't really get to have a conversation or like build up any sort of relationship. And so, yes, I would just love to see Ray have some female friends and actually talk to them. And that'd be cool. A little deep heart, heart to heart conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before she has to leave for Jedi training. <laughs> yes. And then all communication is cut off. Oh, that you're bumping me out, man. No way. <laughs> well, you have to focus when it's Jedi training. So you don't get to call any of your friends. Oh, poor, you know what? Poor Finn. They <laughs> did still... have a hard time reaching Luke. So I, somehow I don't think that there's a lot of communication when you're on Oct 2. You know, I just, I just assumed that Luke just didn't want to talk to anybody. Like he's just <sighs> ghosting everyone. Like everybody keeps sending him text messages and then he's just like seen check Mark. Like, Oh my gosh. That would not be the responding. Worst. <laughs> Like, you've sent all these texts, and you know that he's seen them, but he hasn't responded? Exactly. That's why Leia's so upset. What kind She's of like, a-hole does home. that? <laughs> That's just, you know, Leia's like, Luke, come home. Luke, come home. Scene. <laughs> and he's just not responding. Okay. All right. Also moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on part two. Oh, our our final message, our final pitch here for a Forces of Destiny episode. I love this one. I've loved them all, but I especially love this one. This comes from um, at Night Sister Jin on Twitter. Says uh, Ventress teaches Ahsoka about life in the Coruscant lower levels after she leaves the Order. Oh yeah, that Boom. sounds pretty awesome. Boom! At the time, yes, Ventress is like a bounty hunter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this could be like after she's kind of decided to walk away from the bounty hunter life and she's trying to find something with more meaning, like before Dark Disciple takes place, maybe. I uh, I don't know. It, it would be cool, though, to see this like, you know, outside of the law, Ventress, you know, she's not necessarily trying to make trouble, like, you know, trying to find some sort of meaning and then all of a sudden here comes Ahsoka like and she's also really confused about where her life goes but I mean this seems like an awful lot to ask of a two-minute episode (laughs) they've been pretty good though I mean you can pack a lot in there look at that uh, teach me I will teach you I will episode that's true. So it would it would just be kind of a glimpse into what their their life, Ahsoka and Ventress's life is like, you know, now now that they're kind of living in the lower levels. Maybe Ahsoka finds herself in a little bit of trouble and Ventress sees her and, and then gets her out of that trouble. And then the episode ends with Ventress like saying, oh, stick with me, kid, I'll take care of you. You know, something like that sure. where it's it just uh, the episode is just the, the start of their relationship. Yeah. Or I, I I don't know. There's so many possibilities. I mean, at at the very least, this sounds like it would be an awesome fanfic. <laughs> like, like uh, if this fanfic exists, send it to me, please. <laughs> I hope that they are kind of build from the Ray episodes that they first released and start stringing a few of these episodes together to get longer arcs. Mm, mm-hmm. 
I feel like they they did that um, in the first season when uh, the first half of an episode was about Jin, and then as soon as Jin leaves, like (laughs) Sabine walks in with Leia. Mm -hmm. Like uh, that that was intriguing to me. This idea that that the our heroines are kind of just barely missing each other, and that there's this whole story going on, but but none of them are really aware of the the big picture. In a way, we, the audience, are the only ones who see the big picture. Uh, our, our, you know, characters are, are just, they're only aware of the part that they play in, in any particular moment. Right. But we get to see the whole thing. I, I think that would be cool. It wouldn't necessarily have to be like the Ray episodes where one episode immediately follows another and, and it continues an arc. Uh, that that would be cool. Like, absolutely, we could have that. But we could also have this idea of, you know, here's a Jin episode, and then here's another character coming in, uh, you know, doesn't even talk to Jin or anything, just kind of continues the the story in that way. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, I I think there's potential there, and it really intrigues me, and I think it lends itself well to the the two and a half minute format. That forces the destiny. Yeah, kind of similar to the way. The Clone Wars handled General Grievous and Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. where they weren't they, allowed to meet. They, yeah. yeah, they weren't allowed to meet, and sometimes Grievous would run out one door and Anakin come in <laughs> the other. Exactly, yeah, because uh, Anakin says in Revenge of the Sith, he says to Grievous, "You're sh- you're shorter than I expected, right?" Yeah, something to that effect. He like makes fun of him, and and then that, of course, that implies that the two have never been in a room before. So it's all throughout the. Clone Wars animated series, they had to like bend over backwards to make sure that Anakin and Grievous would never be in the same room, which is kind of hilarious, but also amazing. Yeah, but uh, Obi-Wan, on the other hand, fought him all the time. Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> Ahsoka fought him, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to read uh, the newest, or not read, watch the newest episodes that I saw I there's there were supposed to be four new episodes um, that aired uh, last night. Actually, we're recording this on a Monday and the episodes, the new episodes aired last night on Sunday. But I wasn't able to watch it live. So I've only been able to see the two episodes that they've released online as of Monday. Um, kind of bummed about that, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, what about you? Were you able to catch it live? I, um, don't have cable, so I watch mm-hmm. them pretty much on YouTube as soon yep. as they go up. I too have seen the, uh, in the first two, the Imperial Feast and the Accidental Allies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I have a list here of what they premiered last night and yeah, Imperial Feast and Accidental Allies, uh, were on the list and those are the two we've seen. The two that we haven't seen, um, one is called the Hapabore Hazard, which is a great name. I'm like, what's a Hapabore? I feel like I should know. <laughs> Do you remember, like, before The Force Awakens came out, um, I think Kyle Newman tagged the phrase uh, hog squaddle for him? No, what? I yeah, have no idea like, what you're talking about. What? saw the behind-the-scenes footage, I think. No. What? No, the TMZ photos. That's what it was. There was uh, TMZ photos from The Force Awakens, and they showed, like, the creature building shop of the Hapabores. And Kyle Newman coined the phrase uh, hog squaddle for them before we knew what they were called, obviously. And I thought that that was pretty fun. Huh. 
Okay. Well, um, it makes sense then that the episode's about Ray because even though I haven't seen the episode, the summary here says uh, Ray gets into trouble trying to earn new portions. So that sounds really intriguing. That sounds, you know, like a like something really interesting, especially since I'm always here for more Ray. Like always. I think it, we saw a preview of the second half um, mm-hmm. where Uncar Pluck is like, you can't do it. You're just a girl. And oh, she's right. like, oh, I'll, if you think I'm just a girl, I'll prove you wrong. Just to prove you're wrong. And Nice. Yeah, she's pretty <laughs> you go, uh, Ray. stubborn and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm sure she finds, I'm sure in the course of two and a half minutes, she finds a way out of it. <laughs> um, but the other episode that we've missed is called Crash Course. And the summary here is Sabine allows Ketsu to borrow her speeder bike. That also sounds amazing. That sounds dangerous, honestly. I wonder if the speeder made it out okay. <laughs> probably not. Probably but not. We oh. do get more Gina Torres then. Oh, yes, yes. Just, I want to just listen to her voice all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just, you know, I love it when we see our, you know, heroines being friends and seeing Sabine and Ketsu hang out. Sounds like a good time. Even even if it's not so, it's such a happy time for the speeder bike. <laughs> Sounds like a good time for me. Yeah. But let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about the episodes we have seen. Which, uh, which one do you want to talk about first, the Imperial Feast or Accidental Allies? Since we're talking about female friends or allies, why don't we talk about Accidental Allies where uh, Sabine runs across Jen? Oh, my gosh. I, I was so looking forward to this episode because I've, I've had ideas, you know, hand ca- head cannons slash random fan fiction in my head <laughs> about what it would be like if Jean, if uh, Jen met Sabine. And uh, I, I, I liked it for what it was. I, I was kind of disappointed that it was so short. But, you know, I guess that's what, what you sign up for with these Forces of Destiny episodes. But for what it was where the two girls meet and and Sabine points out how similar they are. That I thought was really cool, and that Jin was able to open up just enough to trust Sabine. That that was cool. I, it's a thumbs up for me. Neither one of them introduced themselves at all. Like, yeah, yeah. they were both like very secretive of who they were and what their cause was. It's not like. Mm-hmm. Well, Sabine at was this like, point, I'm part of the Rebel Alliance, and we're trying to get <laughs> these plans. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like uh, that they both are very secretive. You know, if they had introduced each other, you know, Sabine would have given her, you know, Spectre call sign. Yeah. And Jin probably wouldn't have given her name at all. You know, I, I don't even think she, she might have said, I'm Leanna Halleck, maybe. But I don't feel like she would have been inclined to give any sort of name. And so I, I think it was appropriate that they that neither of them introduced themselves since they would have had to jump through the hoops of like, you know, this is my call sign. Well, this is my fake name, <laughs> like my clearly, obviously <laughs> fake name. Sure. <laughs> I guess that, but, it does but I mean, like, sense. well, it, it, but then also at this point in Jin's arc, she doesn't have a cause. I, you know, she like Sabine says she's a loner. So she really is just looking out for herself in this moment. And, and for Sabine to, if Sabine had been like, I'm with the Rebel Alliance, I'm pretty sure that would have spooked Jin, and she just would have been like, I'm out, <laughs> bye. It would also be poor form for whoever spilled the beans. 
Like mm-hmm. you have to keep secrets if you're part of something like that. So it That's makes true. sense. It's just a little, it's coy, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I liked how coy it was and how it, it was genuinely tense when the two women looked at each other and you didn't really know how it was going to shake out, like if they were going to give, because neither one of them can really give. And honestly, it could have come to blows in, yeah. in any other situation where Sabine's like, I need that. And Jin's like, well, I'm not giving it to you because I don't trust you. And, you know, this is mine now. Like it could have very easily come to blows, but it didn't. And that's kind of nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, I want to know, though, if you laughed as hard as I did when Sabine is just like, hey, I got this really important thing. And then two seconds later, she just drops it like girl <laughs> um girl. i've known so many people that are klutzy like that <laughs> i don't think that i'm that klutzy but <laughs> i don't know i lose yeah, things I guess... because i don't my I, i'm not aware of what's going on all the time sometimes I'm, <laughs> i get lost in my head so i don't pay attention to the small details but yeah that's fair. I suppose um, for me, I can't judge too much. I, I do drop things as well. But it's just, it's it's one thing for me to like drop my keys. And it's another thing entirely for Sabine to be, you know, ninja flipping all over the skyline oh. and not think to herself, maybe I should secure this really important item. <laughs> maybe Can you maybe I should do more than clip it to my belt. Like panic she would be like, where in the hell did I lose it? Like in this <laughs> right? journey. like Like, that's the worst part is like sure you've lost it but where did you lose it that's exactly i'm like i'm trying to imagine her rechasing her steps like ninja flipping backwards (laughs) trying to find out where she lost it oh man (laughs) so yeah good good episode thumbs up from me uh what about you thumbs up yeah definitely it was (laughs) it's very cool to see different sections of uh star wars coming together like mm-hmm. once again seeing rebels and rogue one in the same cartoon it's pretty cool it was pretty cool yeah what did you think of an imperial feast what did you think it ruffled my old bone feathers <laughs> pretty severely okay um i don't know it seems like there's been the fun debate today of which is the better ship because okay <laughs> i guess hera makes han say that the ghost is superior to the falcon <laughs> and oh my gosh that feels so wrong for me to even rem- say those <laughs> words because i don't believe it for one iota but i'm just i I'm think so there's confused. a younger generation that actually does believe that the ghost is better than the falcon and um that hurts my heart a little bit <laughs> i think i think yeah the falcon definitely has more history but i think yeah if you're a kid and the ghost is the ship you're growing up with and you know that ship inside out because you know you watch rebels every single day and rebels is the coolest thing you've ever seen yeah you know like yeah, you might think the ghost is cooler than the Falcon just because, you know, this this is a ship you live in inside your head. Like, you remember what it's like to be a kid. And, oh, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, the ghost is the ship that they've crawled around inside in their imagination, and they lived in it. So they, they do think this... You, 
it, the, the ghost is newer, it's cooler, and, you know, the Falcon's a piece of junk. <laughs> oh, you... <laughs> I know, right? She's got it where it comes. Fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, at least at least Leia redeems it at the end. She's like, nobody nobody thinks that, Han. Like, I, literally, no one. <laughs> I was so happy that Jen gave us that. That Leia says mm-hmm. truth, and no one believes it. But to, if Twitter is any indication, there are some people <laughs> that believe that the ghost is better. And I think that that's, that's fine. yeah. That's kind mm-hmm. of like the healthy ribbing that people get. Uh, this isn't mm-hmm. your father's Star Wars or whatever. Sure, yeah. This is our Star Wars, something that we can call our own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's that's healthy for younger um, fans. But I think so too. I'm just yeah. a curmudgeon. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I wouldn't. I I don't think I would call myself a curmudgeon. And uh, and I do find myself often like straddling that line because I'm such a prequel kid. Yeah. You know, and so when people are like, they're talking about this new era of Star Wars and, you know, and it's at odds with the OT, I, I just so often find myself in the middle because I'm just like, prequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, um, I think if I had to pick between the Falcon and the Ghost, I would pick the Falcon, maybe just because it it's been with me longer. But I do like totally understand why there's you know, people that like the ghost better. And I'm like, that's fine because I mean, I can't judge because the prequels are my favorite and like everybody uh, says that the prequels are the worst. So, you know, you like what you like and more often than not, you like what you grew up with and that's totally fine. Yeah. Everyone is totally allowed to have their opinion and Mm -hmm. I want to be respectful of that, but Oh, of course. Yeah. My heart is with the Falcon. Oh, you, you feel how you feel. Absolutely. (laughs) And I, and I get it. And it can be hard when it's just all like, oh, man, the thing I grew up with is old now. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it happens to all of us. Get ready. Yeah, can yeah we... no. <laughs> oh, time forgives no one. <laughs> can we talk about the fact that this is, like, immediately following um, Return of the Jedi? It basically yeah. happens mid-celebration. Yeah, I think that's the implication because they're still, you know, shooting off fireworks, fireworks. in the sky. And so I think this is like what the the day after <laughs> or the like, preparation for the big party at the end. At the end? Okay, yeah. It you know what? That's probably right. Like, you know, Luke what? Does Luke blow up the Death Star at yep. night? Like it's uh, night on Endor? Even uh, dusk, like it's, it's, it's dusk? just sunset basically okay so like the timeline's a little wonky so like this is the following morning and they're all getting ready for a feast for that night and i don't know where luke is <laughs> let me maybe he's building the pyre that this kind of explains why leia is so grumpy like she's just so done but i'm also like it, <laughs> i'm sorry but if this is like right after the dust star has blown up i'm so confused about the fate of these stormtroopers <laughs> like do they just get imprisoned is that it i'm sorry that this is what i'm thinking about in the forces of destiny or episode but lunch? like right well no because leia's like no we have to treat them nice like i like, think i'm so i'm so confused 
there's just this raises so many questions in my head that I just can't get past it. I know I probably should. I'm like, just enjoy the episode for what it is. Like Han and Leia being super cute together. But like the stormtrooper is just, you know, letting this teddy bear and this rebel princess play tug of war with him. And he don't <laughs> care. He's just laying there. Like he just gave up. He's like, oh, the Death Star blew up. I don't care anymore. I have nothing left to live for. I'm lunch. Like... Well, it, it was always debated with Return of the Jedi of what happened to the stormtroopers that all the helmets belonged to, like oh, did they eat them, or oh, did they just heavy. give up the helmets? Oh, this is heavy and, talk. And it kind of goes into that that that's uh, <laughs> they they did want to eat a couple of them. I, I love do... it when it whacks them in his helmet. Like that I think it's just so funny. yeah. That was pretty cute because the Ewoks just like, no, you're done. You're lunch. <laughs> like, just be quiet. <laughs> Accept it. I I do I I do like what this implies for Leia's character that, you know, less than 24 hours after she finds out she's Darth Vader's daughter, she's like, we have to treat these guys nice. Like, I'm not going to be my dad. Like, I think that's really cool for her. Yeah, it goes she... back to the, um, it kind of goes back to Mon Mothma's, uh, philosophy of it's not just whether or not we fight but how we fight that makes mm -hmm. us different yeah um, from the rebels I mean, episode last week these, or whatever yeah these stormtroopers could you know in a week's time find themselves in a republic cell you know possibly even being executed we don't know but at least they got a fair trial presumably yeah and they're not just being eaten for teddy bear lunch like that's that's better in my mind yeah. you know at least they were treated fair at least we can hope. I mean, um, Leia seems pretty set on on making sure these guys don't don't get just get eaten or something. Like, um, how cute were Han and Leia together? Pretty adorable. Pretty adorable. I just I loved their banter. She's like, "Excuse you." He's like, "What?" I was gonna stop them, probably. <laughs> <laughs> At least on the uh. second guy, I was. <laughs> oh yeah. I noticed that uh, Hera called her General uh, Organa. Yeah. So she was a general back then. I, I, I d didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she got promoted in the fields. I don't know. It's, um... I don't know how I feel about Hera in this episode. She seems to be kind of needlessly petty. I don't want to drag Hera. I am not here to drag Hera. But kind of what was... What was the point of being mean to Han? Was it just, I guess, just for fun? It, just, like, because she could? To have to say that your ship is not the best mm -hmm. can, can bruise a dude's ego. Like, that's kind of the whole point, is to be hum. It, this is, like, a can Han be humble enough to say that the Ghost is a better ship than the Falcon? Um, and for a dude, that's kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> i gotcha yeah i don't know i just i wasn't i wasn't i don't know there was something off about just kind of how petty she was being but i guess you know if push came to shove she wouldn't like she wouldn't hold out these rations you know she was just kind of messing with him which is fine it does i don't know what i'm trying to say excited that hera has lived past return of the jedi Yes, I think that's that's the best implication to come out of this episode is this is the idea that that Hera survives past Return of the Jedi, just 
Hera forever. Hera for decades to come. Please. And we did oh, see uh, um, Chopper and R2 in interaction, too. That's cute. Oh, but just on the subject of of Hera surviving past Return of the Jedi, I, I really like an idea that Hera could possibly retire or Hera could find peace. I mean, I know that, that Hera would probably go on and, you know, join the Resistance and keep fighting the way that Leia keeps fighting, but so much of Hera's story through, you know, Rebels has been about, well, when is it enough? You've been fighting all your life. She, you know, was, was raised on the Clone Wars. She was kind of forged by war. And at what point has she given enough to the galaxy and to the Resistance? And so in this Forces of Destiny episode, we have an implication that she survives to see the end of the Empire. And is that enough for her? Can she go retire on some sunny planet somewhere? Is she just going to race, you know, speeders for fun? Maybe she takes up pod racing. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I don't know. I I think the future is wide open for Hera. You know, whether or not Kanan is there, I don't I don't know. But I, I like to think that Hera has, you know, green pastures and sunny skies. I don't know. This it, this episode just makes me hopeful for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, to see her to see the next chapter of Hera's life would be something because she mm-hmm. has fought for so long. Yeah. Like, yeah. And fighting for yeah. that long, how does that change you? Exactly. I mean, can she give up the fight? I guess that's the question because we know that like Leia couldn't, but could Hera? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's fun to think about though. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, you and I will be watching the next two episodes, the next two days, uh, the Hapabore Hazard and the Crash Course. Yeah, they're released online, which they should be, just posted mm-hmm. on YouTube if, uh, if Disney keeps following the same pattern. We should be able to see those over the next two days. And then so I'm pretty excited. We should get the Moz, um, stuff a little later than that also on the YouTube Disney stream. Ah, uh, yes. So just more, you know, like interconnective tissue. You know, speaking of just like gorgeous voices, I want to hear like I want to hear Lupita, <laughs> all the Lupita. She does Maz's voice. So tonight we're gonna tackle uh, kind of what do we want to see in the next steps for the forces of destiny um, after? Yes, our the... our forces of destiny wish list. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about? The uh, since you were so passionately in love with the action adventure dolls, as you yes. like to call them, what would you like to see next in the Forces <laughs> of Destiny? Oh gosh, yeah. Before we get into talking about uh, what we want from the animated series, I definitely want to talk about what I want from the doll line because I feel like the dolls in the in the animated series are so intertwined. You know, these things go hand in hand. One would hope, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we, we already have a list of dolls that are um, coming up. They haven't been released as of yet, but soon? I don't think we have a release date, honestly, which is kind of disappointing. Chewbacca is already out. Uh, oh, is he? I haven't seen him. Yeah, he's been out, and he makes oh. noise. Uh, I've oh. tweeted out. Actually, Knight of M found him, I believe. Oh, nice. Um. 
and <laughs> he he makes his Wookiee noises and is pretty awesome. That's the cutest thing. I can't wait to play with the Chewbacca doll. I I keep going to Toys R Us and Target to you know look around for him, but I haven't been able to find him. Uh, really excited to get to play with him and brush his fur. <laughs> and to brush his fur. Yes, I'm gonna brush his fur. Maybe put little bows in him. I don't know. He's oh. my Chewie. I can do what I want. <laughs> he is. He will be your Chewie, and you can do what you want. You can put little bows in his hair. Yes. If that oh, is your jam. I I I'm really jealous of the people who have been able to find Chewbacca because I I look every single day after work I stop by Toys R Us and I'm like is he here? No, he's not. I know I could call, but that's not the point. I want to see him on the show. Yeah. People are like, why don't you just call ahead? No, this is not the same. I want to go into the store and look. <laughs> well, uh, if, we've also seen yeah. If you're looking for a good source to find out when things will be released for dolls. Mm -hmm. uh, at Yak Face is kind of my go-to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as far as I know, though, they haven't posted any uh, release dates, though, for these upcoming dolls. They did, however, post new pictures of the upcoming Ahsoka doll and the fighter pilot Padme and the Jedi training Luke with his tiny little Yoda companion. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, are you excited for any of those? I'm so excited for Luke and Yoda. I, I have ah, to right. get Yoda like yesterday. <laughs> I love the um, Forces of Destiny and Friends, uh, all of those so far. So I'm pretty mm. excited about that. And I love the look of the Padme flight gear. Yeah, she looks cool. I, I, if I could nitpick her, I wish that she actually had like the big braids that Padme has in that scene. But I understand how that would be kind of difficult to do on a doll. So they just kind of have her hair flowing, you know, flowing free, which looks fabulous. I just kind of miss the the braids from the movie. But just like overall, what they've done to take that fighter pilot outfit and, you know, bring it in doll form, I think is excellent. She looks really good. You know, she looks like she's ready to go on adventures, mm -hmm. which I guess is the point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait to team her up with like my Hoss Leia <laughs> and then the Luke one. And then they can, you know, go on family adventures. <laughs> They'd be like, come on, Mom. Uh, what about the Ahsoka doll? She comes with a Tuka cat, right? Yes! Oh, it looks so cute! Yeah, she'll be added to the list. Uh, Zoe mm -hmm. really likes Ahsoka. She's, yeah, kind of. She likes that one. I've been just kind of amazed by the amount of detail in the Ahsoka doll. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen her in person yet. I haven't been able to find her on the shelves, but just from the pictures, her outfit has so much detail. And then, of course, her, her leku and everything. So much detail on that doll. I'm really excited to get my hands on her and just, you know, see all the craftsmanship that goes into it. I mean, that's, this is why I collect dolls in yeah. general. I mean, I always just love looking at the details and looking at how they were handcrafted and made. It just, I, I don't know, it touches a, a giddy child part of me. <laughs> Do you think you'll open the next set as well, or we keep those in the box? Oh, I'll definitely open all of the, the new ones. I mean, like I uh, like I said, I feel like um, these action-adventure dolls are, are kind of meant to be taken out and posed. Um, they, you know, they pose pretty well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, oh, the, there is one exception though. There's one of the new dolls I am not going to take out of the box, <laughs> and that's the <laughs> the limited edition Leia that's coming out. They're calling her the Platinum Leia. It's probably wise. What? Yeah. Um, yeah, because she's apparently limited edition. Uh, you know, the, there's only going to be so many of her made. I don't think she's going to come with a certificate or anything. Sometimes limited edition dolls actually are actually numbered, oh, really? and then. Yeah, come with a certificate. I have a couple of limited edition dolls, yeah. And when they say, you know, there's maybe 2,000 of a doll, you know, they, they 2,000 is all they made and all they'll ever make. Each doll will be individually numbered on, on her back or on her foot. And, uh, and then she'll come with a certificate so that you know that it's an authentic doll and stuff. But I don't think the forces of destiny are going to go that far. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't actually know. But this Leia is up for pre-order, and I went ahead and pre-ordered her. And then they told me at the time of checkout, limited one per customer. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she's that limited. I don't know what her edition size is, though. I'll be eager to find out how many of her they made. I, um, I'm mm -hmm. conflicted on her because I already have two Leias. Um, I have the mm -hmm. Hoth. I don't. Yeah, whatever. I have the Hoth Leia and the Endor Leia. So, mm -hmm. like... To get a third Leia. <laughs> can you have too much Leia? I mean, really, can you have too much Leia? <laughs> well, what's cool about this one, like specifically, is that this is New Hope Leia in the white dress, white dress with the yeah. the cinnamon roll hairstyle. Yeah. And then the way she's posed in the box is that she's actually kneeling down to uh, place the information vital to the survival of the rebellion That's inside my the memories. One Leia moment. Yes. She's placing it in the mystery memory systems of this R2 unit. <laughs> so she has like a little R2 and she's kneeling down to, you know, place the, the, you know, Death Star plans inside of R2. She just looks really cool. I think she's really well done and really well packaged. And I'm excited about her. I like, did mm -hmm. find um, Night of M's tweet uh, from oh, yeah? October 22nd. She found the Forces of Destiny Chewbacca at Walmart. Can I play oh. you the clip of him talking? Sure, yeah, go for it. Alright, I just found the Chewy Force of the Dusty doll at Walmart. <laughs> he makes noise. Alright. <laughs> oh, Chewy. Adorable. Oh, like I said, like super jealous for anybody that's found Chewy. Um, oh my gosh, thank you, Knight of M, for posting that so we can hear <laughs> Chewy talk. Yep. Um, Chewy, yeah, will definitely be one I take out of the package and brush and play with and just generally fangirl over. Oh, I do have one more question about the, the limited Leia, the Platinum Leia. Yeah. If you did get her, would you take her out of the box? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a two-year-old. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've That's... mentioned this before. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. The idea of having a toy in a box that you don't open probably would not compute in any level. <laughs> so, and then like, and then you know, her cinnamon roll hair comes out because you know she's been tossed around the room and everything. So <laughs> far, none of the hair has come down. Oh. I am quite petrified of taking wow. the hair down because I'm impressed. 
I don't do hair like for her, <laughs> let alone for a doll. So <laughs> if the hair comes down, I'm not sure if it'll ever go back up. No. Oh, it certainly won't. Yeah, I, I undid uh, the braids on my Endor Leia and there's no way it's getting back up again. Like even I, I know how to do it, but there's no way there, it's going back up because one, they put so much product in the doll's braids to keep it that shape. Oh, that really? once you get it down and brush it out, it's it's not going back up. There's there's no way. <laughs> and this is like it'll be funny to me that if this Leia doll is worth anything in the future, which she probably won't be, because it, it's really only the the old Star Wars toys that are worth anything. Yeah. But I'm just imagining like you know <laughs> your daughter playing with this Leia, <laughs> you know, throwing <laughs> her around the room, and then oh surprise, <laughs> she's worth a ton. <laughs> yeah, that would probably break her heart. Oh no! <laughs> I I'm sure that the Luke and Yoda will get out of the box, and mm-hmm. I I'm oh. excited for a little Yoda. Oh yeah, <laughs> he'll be cute. Oh, you know what? You could uh, put her with uh, put him with uh, the Ahsoka one, mm-hmm. and do a, your own little reenactment of <laughs> teach you I will. Now you're talking. There we yeah. go. Yeah, there we go. So well, what dolls do you hope to see? Oh wait. Oh, there's one more. Yeah. Yeah, there's one more um, upcoming Force of the Destiny doll. And which and I actually one have would a... that be? Oh, that is the Last Jedi, Rey, and Kylo Ren set. Oh. I have a lot of feelings about this one. I have a lot of feelings about this one. Um, and they are overwhelmingly pro. I understand the, the criticisms of a Rey and Kylo set, but... I, I don't know. I look at it and I feel that that giddy childhood, you know, feeling that that I get when when I look at at these toys, like all of these toys, the forces of destiny line and, you know, seeing Ray and Kylo packaged together, regardless of how you feel about them as characters. I, I, I just think it's so cool, <laughs> you know, seeing our villain and our heroine packaged together like, you know, like you can make them fight and stuff. I just I don't know. I think that's neat. I do have like some criticisms of them as like dolls. Yeah. Like I think it's a bummer that Kylo Ren doesn't have brushable hair. Like you're sad that he has the plastic hair. <laughs> I'm super sad that he has plastic hair. Yeah, he has a completely sculpted head, which includes his hair. It's the same with uh, with the Luke doll. He also has a has a sculpted head, which you know means his hair is plastic. Which means that I can't brush Luke or Kylo's hair. Isn't That's... that kind of standard for dolls, though? Like, what? isn't no Ken way. have plastic hair? Yeah, Ken Ken has had plastic hair for a while, but they actually made a Ken with brushable hair when I was a kid, and I remember scouring the toy stores to find the Ken with brushable hair. I remember the commercials for it, too. Okay, you ready? You ready yeah. for this? Yeah, go ahead. It went... Yeah, so it was a two-pack. You got Big Brother Ken and Baby Brother Tommy, and they both had brushable hair. And so I lost my mind looking for these dolls, and I, like, remember watching the commercial, like, I want this so bad. And it went, Big Brother Ken and Baby Brother Tommy. Like, <laughs> wow, that's how bad I wanted a Ken so that I could brush his hair. <laughs> I'm sure people ran out to the store just to buy that as fast <laughs> as possible. I sure did. It was the cutest thing. And like Ken came with like this little baby Bjorn so he could carry Tommy around. Baby Bjorn? Oh wow. That would you know what a I mean? new level. Yeah, I do. I've had a baby, you know. Yeah, right. So you know, so he could like strap Tommy to his chest and carry him around. <laughs> anyway, anyway. If anybody, if anybody 
if anybody in Star Wars needs their hair brushed, it is Kylo Ren. You saw him when he took his helmet he off. Is and his hair on just went... point, even when he's wearing a helmet. I mean, exactly. when he took that off in The Force Awakens, it's like and his hair I'm just a like spilled GQ out. Model or something. Oh, exactly. His hair was like a waterfall just pouring out of his helmet. It was gorgeous. <laughs> oh, just so yeah, yeah. Kylo needs his hair brushed, and I am super sad that I'm not getting Kylo with brushable hair. Like, I'm I'm genuinely crushed. But then, like, on like a like a personal level, I just I think it's cool and dare I say important that that we're telling girls that it's okay to play with villains because that's not something you see a lot of. Um, you know, we we give our young girls, you know, heroines, but but we don't often tell them that it's okay to like the villain or, or play with the villain. If that makes sense, like you, you sure. go into the Disney store to get a costume and your young boys can dress up like Luke Skywalker, but they can also dress up like Vader or like a stormtrooper. But Ren. girls are Kylo Ren. Yeah, but we don't tell girls that it's OK to kind of embrace their bad side a little bit, to kind of indulge that bad side. Even the Phasma costume is marketed as boys because it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like people take a look at that and they go, oh, OK, that's a villain costume. It's obviously for a boy. Like, or even uh, Peter Pan. Boys can be Peter Pan or Captain Hook. Right. But girls can only be Tinkerbell, <laughs> you know? Or, or um, you know, you can be Sleeping Beauty, but you can't be Maleficent. Sure. I, I mean, it's just, I think maybe they did eventually make a Maleficent costume after they made a whole movie where Maleficent was the hero. But I just, I have such an issue with this idea that, you know, our young girls can never really embrace that bad side of themselves, yeah. you know, just for fun, just for play, almost like they're going to be corrupted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's like, oh no, our young girls are dressed up like, like Ursula from The Little Mermaid, you know, she, she doesn't want to be Ariel, she wants to be Ursula, there must be something wrong with that girl. But at the same time, if her brother wants to be Darth Vader instead of Luke Skywalker, well, that's just fine, right? Yeah. Like, so, so I, I think it's really neat that it's like, Hey, you, you're a young girl and you want, you know, a Ray doll, but you also want a Kylo for her to fight with that. That's awesome. That's cool. Or even, you know, if it turns out Ray and Kylo aren't related <laughs> and, and some young girl wants to make them kiss, that's fine too. Because I know that when I was a young girl, I mean, who, who did I love? Darth Maul. Yeah. Are you sure? You, yeah, a little sure. <laughs> and so, like, that's that's who I really wanted to play with. I would have given anything to have a, you know, a Darth Maul, you know, doll. I mean, of course, I had Darth Maul action figures, but the, the conceit there was that I was playing with a boy's toy. Sure. I was playing with something that wasn't meant for me. Are there, you know, of course. Mm -hmm. Are there any other female villains that you would like to see dolls made out of? Yeah, if they if they decided, you know, to go that route. And, and, you know, let, let girls kind of embrace their villainous side, then yeah, like a Phasma doll, that would be legit. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Um, especially like if we see her take off her helmet in The Last Jedi, can you just imagine a, a Phasma Force of the Destiny doll where you can like take off her helmet yeah. and, and you know, see her face underneath? I mean, I, I wonder if she's going to look like Gwendolyn Christie, you know? 
yeah. uh, that the actress who portrays Phasma, that would be really cool. I would love to see a doll of her, especially if she has like uh, a long. Uh, 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 what what did she look like on the on the Entertainment Weekly covers? She had like a long blonde spear. braid, right? No. Yeah, she had a spear, and then when she took off her helmet uh, for the for the oh the Vanity Fair covers, that's right. Uh, they 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 did they they photographed her without her helmet on and I think she was styled with like long blonde hair done up in a braid and I just thought she looked so beautiful like that braid then with like the shining armor that would be an excellent doll that'd be really cool. Did she have a braid? I thought she did. I might be misremembering. I thought she had the short hair. She maybe she did have short hair. I thought I remembered her with a braid, but I could be totally making this up. Either way, Gwendolyn Christie is gorgeous, she and she is, would make an amazing doll. Yeah, she <laughs> is a powerful force, and um, uh, the question I question whether or not she, it will be like just her normal face, or if she would be scarred. Do you understand? Oh yeah, maybe. I'm looking at the Vanity Fair now, and I can't really tell if Phasma's hair is long or not. Uh, I mean, it's obviously if she does have a braid, which I don't know where I'm getting that from, it would be down her back. It's not over her shoulder or anything. Yeah, I could be making, I could be totally making up the braid. Maybe you wanted the braid. Maybe I just wanted it. I wanted it so bad. (laughs) It's totally okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would love to see uh, an Asaz Ventures doll. Oh, yeah. There's more to why I want to see that coming Mm -hmm. but she's definitely one of the villains that i would love to see them highlight in the next Mm -hmm. section yeah oh yeah so yeah just like i was saying i i understand the criticisms and the concerns for people who are like well why are you marketing ray and kylo together you know some people just say you know it girls don't play with dolls that way girls don't make them fight i'm like i made my girl i made my barbie dolls fight all the time Mm -hmm. and then people were saying uh that that girls will just make kylo and ray kiss and i'm like well as long as they're not brother and sister in the movie (laughs) or cousins then that's just how kids play and that's fine it you know like let girls kind of embrace their bad side a little bit I, I think there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It just like there would be nothing wrong with a girl dressing up as a villain, you know, cause it, it, it is play. It is pretend. Yeah. And I think, I think that's cool. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, Phasma doll would be really cool. Adventure doll would be amazing. Um, getting back to our heroes a bit. I mean, obviously we need a hero doll. Yes. Like that's overdue. <laughs> Where's our hero doll. Come on. Um, I think, yeah, she would be in her flight suit, right? I would hope so. Yeah. Um, Padme, though. I want more Padme dolls. She just has so many fabulous outfits. <laughs> Do you want Phantom Menace Padme with, like, 5,000 different outfits? I uh, here's, here's how I would do it. You know how like Endor Leia came with some different outfits? Mm-hmm. I, I would have it be Phantom Menace Padme in her, um, uh, the when they attack Seed Palace to take it back. Sure. Uh, that, that kind of maroon outfit. Yeah. I would have her in that by default, but then also give her like a Queen Amidala dress and, and uh, maybe like her Tatooine dress, you know, that she wears... Um, uh, you know when she meets little baby Anakin. Yeah. You know, so it'd just be like a Phantom Menace Padme pack. 
I think that'd be so cool. That would that would be good, and I think mm -hmm. that that would sell a lot of options. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially if it came with like two outfits, because Ooh, yeah. there are so many options for Padme in the Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite dress in the Phantom Menace is the one where she's just um, looking out the window of the palace. Oh, yeah, that big red dress. The big red one that lights up around, like, little yeah. yellow globey things. Mm -hmm. Or maybe maybe instead, okay, ditch the Tatooine dress. Okay, so keep the red Queen Amidala dress, keep the maroon Siege of the Palace dress, and add a handmaiden dress so that you can put her in disguise if you want. You know, she's, like, pretending to be the handmaiden. She, That'd be super good. She needs to come with, like, five dresses. Okay, yeah, just, <laughs> I was thinking, like, three would be the max, but no, she just needs, like, 12. Because, <laughs> like, the handmaiden's pretty good. I really like mm -hmm. the Tatooine one. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let's just, you know, let's throw in some uh, some of her dresses from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> like, oh. Throw in her picnic dress. Just do it. Just all of them. All of her dresses. Because she's the most diverse, like, like fashion-wise in all of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. She has so many yeah, different yes. options. She's like icon. And I'm just, uh, you know, tangent, but I'm super excited to see Leia's uh, fabulous outfits in uh, in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, Leia also had some fabulous outfits in the OT, but uh, kind of seeing her live up to live up to her royal heritage, yeah. you know, being a princess of Alderaan and kind of living up to uh, her mother, who was such a fashion icon. I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like, as far as dolls go, also Rose and Paige would be a good, good doll set. I think it would be cool if we got like a sister's combo pack, kind of the way Disney markets Anna and Elsa as, as a combo pack. Sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. And, you know, again, like just promoting these female friendships and these positive female relationships. So if we see Rose and Paige marketed together and packaged together, I think that would send a really positive message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got two. I got, well, three, technically three more for you all for right. dolls. They're kind of they all kind of fit together. I want to see more boys. <laughs> I want to see Han because Leia needs her space husband. We have like three Leia dolls and she needs her space husband. <laughs> And then I want to see Finn and Poe because Ray needs her her friends from from uh you know from the sequel trilogy. She she super needs Finn to hang out with because she spends so much time with him. And then also like if Finn and Ray become a thing in these later movies, then you know, Ray definitely needs her boyfriend to hang out with the same way like I want Leia to be able to hang out with her space husband. Yeah. And mm -hmm. do you think Finn and Ray are gonna become a thing? Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know this whole shipping thing. I mean, I ship just about everything, but I have like no idea how to rank the odds. I, I'd be happy with basically, and if any of them happened, I would be so happy. Um, obviously I think my, my favorite, the one I'm rooting for the most is Finn and Poe. That's, that's all I want. Okay. That's all I want out of this trilogy. I want Finn and Poe to kiss. And what is that ship called again? Uh, you can call it Finpo, or you can call it Storm Pilot. Storm Pilot, that's what you. <laughs> uh, I just, I also think a Poe doll would be really cool. Uh, the question is, is how many jackets does it come with? Does it come with two, <laughs> so Finn and Poe could have matching share. jackets, or do they have to share the same jacket? 
<laughs> no, they have to share the same jacket. So, okay, so here's the doll set. Here's, no, Finn and Poe come in one package, you know, like Finn's on the left and Poe's on the right, and they're reaching for each other, and between them is the jacket, and then, like, the box is shaped like a heart. So, oh. <laughs> so they're, like, wow. <laughs> reaching for each other, and then the jacket <laughs> connects them in love, like... <laughs> That's the doll set, okay? All it's right. the Finpole Storm Pilot doll set. Call me, call me Disney. Call me Hasbro. <laughs> so I have one more question about Han. Uh, okay. Do you want older Han, like Force Awakens Han, or do you want an Empire Han? It needs, yeah, it needs to be like Empire Han or Return of the Jedi Han, so that he can hang out with uh, with the young leia the ot leia and then the ot luke like then the three of them can go on adventures right you can get the big three that's, all together again yeah exactly that that would be an amazing force of the destiny set that's that's what i would want and then that's kind of also why i want them to make finn and poe so then you know ray can go on adventures with them that's what i want and then and then they can kick kylo's butt honestly <laughs> so i gave you one already of the dolls that i wanted uh with mm-hmm. massage Another one I want is a Bo-Katan. Um, oh, yeah. Because Mandalores are a little bit of a thing in this Star Wars fandom. Uh, Just a little. And she's a pretty awesome one. Uh, so I, I would like to see a Bo-Katan be made. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other one is uh, another pack of options. But I really want to see the Gathering Padawans. Um, in the forces Aww. of destiny, so I, I want a Gunji, um, <laughs> a Katuni, uh, and what is? They were all small and adorable. <laughs> Genodi, um, and Petrov or whatever Petro. Yeah, I want to see the gathering Padawans. So those are the other two that I suggest. Nice, nice. You know, we've come up with quite a lineup. I think I think Hasbro needs to call us. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, call us. We can make we things got... happen. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to negotiate. <laughs> like the box doesn't have to be shaped like a heart. Like I'm pretty <laughs> set on the jacket, but you know, we can talk about box shape. I'm I'm willing to negotiate. <laughs> uh can we talk about what episodes we want to see? Yes, let's do it. Let's move on to yeah, our ideal episodes. You want to go first? Sure. I would like to stop start bottom up. So I'm going to okay. read my fifth suggestion first. Yeah, go for it. So the first one I want to talk about is basically uh, the basic training between Rose and Paige, uh, Tico, uh, what they went through to become a mechanic and a gunner for the resistance. So why did Rose become a mechanic why did Paige become a gunner who was the most successful in the training uh was there one that stood out uh as the most talented and having the most success and was there one that kind of cast a shadow on the other one and how did they respond to the adversity of measuring up a little bit um, and how were they compassionate about one another and still loving their sister uh, through that challenges? You know what I mean? In the basic training? Yeah, exactly. I would I would absolutely love to see 
the sisters, you know, sticking up for each other and being pals in that way through, yeah, through training and through just kind of whatever the resistance throws at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my first one. What was your first suggestion? Well, I wrote down mine in no particular order, really. Um, I, uh, I, you know what? Let's start with uh, Phasma. I just straight up, just give me a villain episode. I want Phasma. Uh, I would I don't like even... to see her trying to cover her ass after The Force Awakens. Pardon my French. <laughs> um, according to the Phasma novel, she's uh, cast a blame on lowering the shields of the Starkiller base on somebody else. And she doesn't want that to be on her. So yeah. it would be kind of I, fun to see her trying to cover all that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just kind of, yeah, passing the buck a little bit. Um, I don't know. Maybe just an episode of her being in charge. I, I don't know. I, I know that the point of the Forces of Destiny uh, uh, animated series, and even the dolls too, is to give us, uh, you know, heroes and and to show them, you know, this is what makes them into Forces of Destiny. But you could, you know, play around with that idea a bit and be like, well, this is what makes Phasma a force for evil. This is what you know, makes her a villain. And this is what makes her worthy of challenging our heroes. I don't know, just, just even just a two and a half minute look into what makes Phasma Phasma and giving her a story all her own, I think could be really intriguing and really cool. And I mean, you know me, I, I love dissecting villains and looking at villains. And I guess, um, you know, you could argue, well, a Phasma episode wouldn't really fit in the Forces of Destiny lineup, but I, I would have fun with it, and I'd be here for that, you know. And, and as long as we're making a wish list, I gotta throw in a, you know what, villain episode. Give me a villain episode. Do it. <laughs> I think you totally need to have more villains in Forces of Destiny because there's more at work in the world than just good. Like there, there, there is a duel of the fates. Um, yeah. There, there is evil forces at work that can cause well, think... havoc and stuff and i would love to see like a different per point of view uh with a yeah. villain well i think also it it uh, kind of like i was saying if a girl wants to dress up like a villain you know you should you should let her and let her play around with that side of herself and you know and figure things out and have fun basically and you know when when we show that women can be villains too it allows us to be more human and to be fully realized people and characters. You know, if, if a girl can never be flawed, can never be villainous, can never be evil, then you rob her of so much agency. And, you know, if, if we did bring Phasma or villainous females into the forces of destiny, it would show girls, hey, you are capable of great things. You're also capable of being a villain. This is it's within your power and it's up to you to, to look at your actions and look at, you know, what you, what you do, you know, it, it would give girls more agency in that way and, and let them be 3d. And <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I'm trying to say, give them more depth really, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I think when they have more options, they can find, a niche that 
is more comfortable to them and they don't have to fit into what other people necessarily say is what is supposed to be so like yeah. they have more options to mm -hmm. identify with so that i just sense. know that yeah that even even when i was a kid i i knew that that i couldn't really be a hero i mean of course i could but i i didn't see much in, of myself in you know the the traditional stalwart heroes that, you know, never have a bad thought and, you know, always do the right thing. Uh, you know, of course I, I wanted to be that, but I had a lot of anger, you know, a lot, a lot of bad feelings. And so I was then drawn more to villains because I saw more of myself in that, you know, I, I identified more with that. And so it, we showed kids, you know, we, we took, we took a look at that, you know, we, we said, Hey, you know, there are people like you who feel this way. And, you know, this is kind of how Phasma is dealing with things. You know, this is how there are women who become villains, you know, I, think I don't it, know. It would just, it, it would, yeah, it would open things up and it would, I think, resonate with, with more kids than people would give it credit for. Yeah. Most people don't want to admit that they have negative mm -hmm. thoughts or anger. I, I, I think that what you're saying would create opportunities of education of how to deal with anger and emotion mm -hmm. positively mm -hmm. and maybe see in a villain how poor reactions to those feelings can be a lesson learned like yeah if you if you show how phasma assad's adventurous uses fear or anger in a violent mm -hmm. way how that doesn't create the results that you you would want to have yeah it, it doesn't get them what they want yeah it, it can create a learning opportunity that um boys and girls mm -hmm. can learn from and as a dad that's kind of what i look for every day yeah well i just i remember callus in in rebels you know seeing him at at the end of that episode with zeb where you know zeb's goodness you know at the end of the episode he gets to go home to friends and family but Callus goes home to nothing and no one. And so you then see how, you know, bad choices and anger and villainy and all that stuff leads to, you know, <laughs> nothing and no one. He's very lonely. And so then, of course, as Callus's arc develops, he chooses to be a better person. And then, you know, of course, Forces of Destiny is very short format. And, and you know, we can't really have the, this huge revelatory arc for Phasma in Forces of Destiny. But kind of like we're saying, it could be a teaching moment where we see, you know, Phasma driving people away and, you know, being a harsh taskmaster and, and all of that. At the end of the day, she's very lonely. I hope that the next set of uh, stories we get are longer. Would mm -hmm. you rather see a five-minute episode or, like, 15? Probably five. Just for what Forces of Destiny is, I think it serves... The, it, it's very well served by the short format. It, we don't want it to stay too long, I think. I, I don't want it to be this overblown, bloated thing. Okay. I just... I like it as little bites, little segments, glimpses into the moments that make us forces a destiny, kind of like Moz says. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so you think I, a five-minute episode would be better than the two and a half? Five minutes might be better. Five, five might be ideal because it gives you a little bit more room to play, but it's not, it's not a whole 15-minute ordeal. 
I think five five might be best, but I'm not at all disappointed with the two and a half. I, I, mm-hmm. I like the idea of extending them a little bit, and so I can get behind the five-minute episodes totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you finished with your first one? Yeah, just uh, the idea of a villain episode. I, I'd be here for that. Of course, I love all of our heroes. They're so fun to watch, and they are absolutely who our kids should be looking up to. But if we're going to grow the line and we're just going to you know, make personal wish, wish lists, I would love to see our our female villains given a spotlight. That would be cool. Yeah, totally. My next point, uh, my next suggestion is Bo-Katan leading Mandalore after the the Son of Dathomir comics. Um, I guess Bo-Katan was put into a leadership role of Mandalore, and I really want to see her deal with the politics of Mandalore and of leading a people. To yeah. see how much, um, oh, if there's any back talk, like in opposition of another house that wants power that just tries to run her through the mud or whatever, um, <laughs> and what kind of conflicts she has where she lost uh, her leadership of Mandalore, where she was no longer leading, um, mm-hmm. what caused her to step down or whatever. Yeah, I think it would be cool, you know, again, just these episodes are very short. If we just saw Bo-Katan leading, you know, her Mandalorian sect, you know, I, I'm i not sure what they would do exactly. <laughs> but if she led them through some sort of combat or some sort of trial, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. What was your next one? Uh, well, going off of the idea of Bo-Katan, I would love to see anything with Satine. Just give me a Satine episode. <laughs> Again, like, I have no real specifics in mind because anything with Satine would make me happy. But, you know, maybe something where she teams up with Padme. Maybe they, they solve a diplomatic dispute. Maybe they come together to, uh, again, to do something with politics. Uh, you know, they, they come together to, again, to, to settle a problem. You know, they, they find a, a middle ground or they find a way forward that nobody else could see. That would be really cool, just seeing Padme and Satine talk things out. I, I know that that wouldn't be very action-y. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it wouldn't get your heart racing, really. But seeing Satine and Padme be diplomats, I think, would <laughs> would, would mean so much to me. That would just be really cool. Because there's, there's more than one way to solve problems, right? Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe that's kind of how the episode goes. Maybe that's the point. Maybe Anakin is there and he, you know, he jumps to like pulling out his lightsaber or, or maybe Ahsoka is there and, and she's like, oh, OK, you know, the way to solve the problem is to, is to go, go, go. You know, she, she's ready to just jump into action because that's how Ahsoka is or Anakin. <laughs> but then Padme and Satine are in the back going, hang on, hang on. Words, words solve problems, too. Yeah. And then that's how the episode ends with them solving their problems with words. I don't know. That'd be cool. I think it's but, kind uh, of dynamic mm-hmm. that Satine is a pacifist and yet Mandalore. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought that that was counterintuitive when I first heard it. So mm-hmm. to see her enact that and to for a good cause would be pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or seeing her team up with Obi Wan would be cool. Uh, maybe young Obi Wan. I, I do I do like seeing Clone Wars era Obi Wan and Satine. That's pretty cool. But if we made them like. 14 years old 
or how or 16 or however old they were when they uh, met each other before the Phantom Menace. When they were true that, loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just them on like an adventure, surviving together. Maybe we have uh, you know Qui Gon Jinn in the background. He shows up at the end of the episode, like you know, like oh, I'm glad you two made it. Like you know, it wasn't too much trouble, was it? And then Obi Wan and Satine just look at each other and like, nah, we're fine. Like you know, one of those cheesy things. Sure. <laughs> like there was so much danger, and Qui Gon's like, you know, you didn't have too much trouble, right? And both of them are like, nothing we can't handle. <laughs> 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 it would be so cheesy and cute okay <laughs> cheesy and cute so, is good yeah so that that's my answer cheesy and cute satine episode is obi-wan or really uh diplomatic problem solving with padme okay mm-hmm. my next suggestion is the sith training of asaz ventress um oh. i so want to see this it is not funny i my favorite part of the micro series is Dooku finding Asajj and yeah. then training Asajj. Yeah, in the Tartakovsky series? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that was um, really good. I want to see Dooku find Asajj um, and then to just train her and to see how he uses hate and um, her passions to, to give her fuel uh, in battle. I would love to see a lot more of that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, You know, I haven't watched that old micro series in a long time, but I just distinctly remember uh, Asajj uh, almost like assass- like she's trying to assassinate Dooku. You know, she sneaks into his private quarters and, you know, she's doing all this sneaky sneak assassin stuff. And then uh, uh, Dooku's just basically like, what's up with you? And she says, you know, I am Sith and Duke is just like, no, you're, you're really not. Yeah. And then he decides to train her. Yeah. You know, like she, he's, I think he like says, you know, you're a skilled assassin, but you are not Sith. And then he decides to turn her into a Sith, which is, you know, was really cool. I just remember how she said, I am Sith. And Duke is like, no, And he nah. also gave her her <laughs> lightsabers right after that. And to mm-hmm. see those lightsabers be given to her would be awesome like yeah we need so much more of that just again yeah kind of kind of you know this idea of bringing villains into forces of destiny you know our our villainous women where again we're showing different types of women and different types of adventures and choices that they can make and uh asajj deciding to pursue this dark path it's compelling and you know, even if it's only two and a half minutes, just seeing her, you know, take up those red lightsabers for the first time would be really cool. That would be a good episode. Or five minutes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's see. For me, oh, man. Yeah, like I said, I didn't write down these in any particular order. So let's do... um, I would like to see anything where a main male character takes orders from a female character. Um, you know, maybe Jin leading the crew of the Rogue One, uh, Cassian and K2, you know, have to follow her lead. Or, you know, maybe Hera leading the ghost crew and she's like undisputably in charge. Like Kanan is is nowhere near in charge. I just think that would be really cool and really neat to see because we don't we don't often show our young boys 
that it's okay to take orders from girls. Like we, we show women being leaders, you know, a lot. Uh, but we don't always show um, the men that that we're supposed to identify with, you know, our, our main male leads taking orders from women, you know. And if you ask a young boy, can a girl be a leader, he'll probably say yes. You know, that's something everybody knows. So, well, of course, a girl can be a leader. But if you put that same boy in a group project and then tell him to listen to a female peer, he might struggle because he's never really seen examples of, you know, someone he's been asked to identify with taking orders from a woman, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the one example I can think of, of, you know, uh, male leads taking orders from a female lead is the Wizard of Oz, you know, where three boys all listen to one girl, you know, they all follow Dorothy, you know? Well, Mm -hmm. um, doesn't don't the Rebel Alliance pilots listen to Leia on Empire? Yeah, but none of them are Han Solo or Luke Skywalker. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, Le- Leia does, you know, jump in and, and order the boys around from time to time. You know, when when uh, Han and Luke rescue her, you know, she makes it clear that she's the one in charge. But then at the same time, it's Han Solo's ship and he's the captain. You know. So that power dynamic, it, it's never made explicitly clear that Leia's the leader and Han and Luke have to listen to her. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I, like, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. So, get what so you're it's saying. like, yeah. So like, oh, of course, Leia's a leader. We all know that she can be a leader because we see her give orders to male pilots. But if you ask a young boy who, what are any of those pilots' names, he's not going to be able to tell you because he hasn't been asked to identify with any of those males. He identifies with Luke and Han and Luke and Han don't have to listen to Leia. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, it, it's just, it's different when, when you ask a main male character to follow orders from a, a female main character. Like she, you know, again, we put Cassian, K2, Bodhi, all of them in a group with Jin and make Jin the undisputed leader. That's very, very different from Jin is standing up in front of all these nameless men and telling them, you know, you have to go here and do this. And then they listen to her. None of them listen to her. During and none speech. of them listen to her. <laughs> yeah. So do you so, think that Hera mm-hmm. being uh, the leader of the ghost crew does that for rebels? I think it could. I, I think it could also stand to be more clear that Hera is in charge because I think if you asked a kid who's in charge of the ghost crew, they would say Kanan because he's the Jedi and he's Ezra's teacher and stuff. I mean, to me as an adult watching, it's kind of clear that Hera's in charge and Kanan's going to do what, what Hera says, but it we never really see her you know, being the undisputed leader and Kanan following her orders. If that makes sense, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, I think there's so many. It, it, there are so many things that go into group dynamics where, mm-hmm. oftentimes, the leader in one situation doesn't always lead in another situation. Especially if sure. you look at the group dynamics long term. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess it's hard to get that nuance in a five-minute episode of a cartoon do you know what I mean yeah yeah exactly I just um yeah I I would just like to see it 
you know, they, they wouldn't even have to make a point, you know, where, where Cassian goes, taking orders from a girl, I don't know. You know, it wouldn't have to be like that. Just an episode where we see that Jin is in charge and, you know, ev- everybody's just following along with what she says because, you know, you, you can take orders from women and it's and it's okay to, to be led by women. Sure, like just to be respectful and to yeah. give weight to what they have to say and listen mm-hmm. and be willing to follow through with what they ask like that's yeah exactly that's, kind of the thing. that's yeah. a good suggestion mm-hmm. uh my next one are you finished with that one? Oh yeah okay. go, uh, go for it uh is the gathering padawans uh from the clone wars i want to revisit them uh i really really want to see what happens to them during order 66 Oh no! <laughs> I am hoping oh, no. that two or three of them survive Order sixty six and make way to <laughs> only some two or kind three kind of adventure. <laughs> only two or three. <laughs> uh, yeah, the three I really want to see survive are um, Gunji, Ganodi, and Katuni. Like I think that it would be really Gunji is the Wookie. Katuni is the Rodian, mm-hmm. I think. And then Genodi, I forget what she is. I, is she <laughs> the uh, one with? You're you're doing way better than me, buddy. I don't remember any of these kids' <clears throat> names. <laughs> like I remember the episodes, but I don't I don't remember any of their names. Okay, but mm-hmm. there's two girls and um, the Wookiee. The Wookiee mm-hmm. has to live the longest, yes. and I don't want the Wookiee to die at all. The Wookiee will live. <laughs> he has the coolest lightsaber, and I just really want to see a lot more of it. Um, <laughs> that lightsaber was cool. Sorry, I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but that lightsaber was cool, where it was just like it was like metal wood, yeah. right? Oh, that was cool. What would feel most natural in your hand would, because he's a, a Wookiee, and he likes to climb trees, so that's yeah. what would feel most natural. Yeah. The Gathering was the first bit of Star Wars I introduced Zoe to, and we watched Aww. it over and over and over again while she was an infant. She Aww. probably had no idea that we were watching it, but <laughs> she she knows the startup music, the title sequence. Like she pops up and looks at attention whenever she hears it. It's 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 kind of cool. Um, so I just want to revisit them and see what happens to them. Post Order 66, um, if any of them did survive, what did they do after? And what adventures uh, did they have to try to hide or whatever? Or yeah. what good deeds did they try to do? That would be fun. Yeah, and and again, yeah, I think that would lend itself well to the Forces of Destiny format because it, it wouldn't have, excuse me, have to be anything long, just a look into what they're up to, how they're surviving, how they're getting along. Yeah, that would be really cool. And I think that they're great characters for um, young kids. Like uh, to mm-hmm. anytime kids see kids on TV, they just get so excited. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yep. <laughs> I would love to see them uh, revisit the Padawans. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. For me, um, the two I have left are both Padme ideas, and they seem to run counterintuitive to each other counterproductive oh really <laughs> yeah <laughs> how so 
Um, so I'll just I'll just do them both, I guess. Uh, uh, one idea I have is that I want a Padme solo adventure, uh, you know, or, or maybe with her handmaidens. Basically, I want anything where she's not paired with Ahsoka or or any of our other forces, a Destiny characters, which again sounds sounds so weird because I keep talking about how much I love the female friendships and the female relationships of these episodes, but. Um, what I've found is that, you know, anytime Padme shows up with Ahsoka, people just want to talk about Ahsoka. Like Padme is kind of accessory to the episode. Mm-hmm. And I want one where Padme is firmly the lead. So just a Padme solo adventure or an episode where Padme is paired with minor characters instead of major main characters. That that's what I would want. I would I just I want to see Padme kind of be the focus of an episode. Do you have a time frame that you'd like to see that in? Uh, no, because all Padme is good Padme. <laughs> <laughs> I enough. mean, yeah, if there was an adventure with her and her handmaidens, um, maybe that could take place before The Phantom Menace, like maybe after her uh, election. It, like uh, maybe she's meeting her handmaidens for the first time. Um, that could be interesting. Uh, yeah, maybe a training exercise with her and her handmaidens. That would be really cool. Um Gosh, or or just yeah, a- anything after she becomes a senator, you know. So Attack of the Clones era would be really cool. Just I, like I said, all Padme is good Padme. So I, I don't really have a, a strong. Oh, it, it has to be Phantom Menace Padme. No, it any Padme. <laughs> sure, all the Padme. But then at the same time, I also want an episode where Anakin and Padme are together and they are on an adventure and they're actually being equal partners. And we see them have that equal partnership where, you know, they they listen to each other and they they, you know, learn from each other. They they have a give and take. I, I want to see Anakin actually listening to Padme and Padme actually, you know, like being endeared to Anakin. Like he does something cute. She thinks that's cute. Like give me a reason to ship these two basically, <laughs> you know, like there's supposed to be this grand romance, right. That, that lays the, you know, the foundation for the rest of the saga, you know, it's their children that, that carry on the rest of the saga. Um, but, but we so rarely get to see them being cute and, and shippable. You know, of course, we have Attack of the Clones, where the whole movie is their their courtship. But I, I want to see more, and I want to see specifically them being married and them being partners, which it sounds so weird to say after I'm like, oh, I want a Padme solo adventure. I want one where she's the main, but I also want one where she's <laughs> teamed up with Anakin. So, do you think that I don't know. Star Wars can handle that? healthy of a relationship like in a cartoon <laughs> like i don't think yeah i don't think star wars is a great example of healthy relationships like them getting along and respecting each other and sharing mo- sweet I... moments like uh, shouldn't we try though <laughs> shouldn't we at least try <laughs> just try to you know make anakin and padme an adorable couple i mean even Couples are supposed to have highs and lows, right? Yeah, and Revenge yeah. of the Sith is basically their lowest low. I I want to see at least one moment where I believe that they're married and I believe that they're an actual couple and that that you know Padme would risk so much and lie to so many people just to be married to this guy. You know, I want I want to see what she sees in him. He had to earn it at some point, right? 
Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like, show me Anakin being worthy of Padme, at least for two and a half minutes, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that was at the top of my list. Like, okay. it, if I could only pick one of these, I would pick an Anakin and Padme shippable moment episode. <laughs> sure. I, I know that a lot of people want to see what Padme sees in Anakin and uh, Anakin... Mm-hmm. as you say earning her love like yeah doing things that would endear himself to her yeah so, exactly yeah it makes sense and i think that there would be a large w- desire for that to, to, to see that so that makes sense i think it would be a really cute episode just to see them being cute together you know and, and on an adventure you know there could be a little bit of action a little bit of drama but mostly cuteness is what i want and just anakin looks so beautiful in forces of destiny with his full lips oh, and my... beautiful no. hair no. he's ready for his <laughs> he's ready for his date with padme come on he just looks he just looks like he's ready to go on that you know romantic evening with padme like yeah. it would be such a waste if we never saw that in forces of destiny you just want more pretty annie in forces of destiny is what i'm hearing <laughs> I mean, I never made that a secret. <laughs> like, are you shocked? <laughs> no, not really. But that, that's okay. I, I'm glad that you appreciate him for what he is, and he means something to you, so that that, that makes sense. I kind of, you know, like, guilty pleasure time, I kind of super want to see Kylo in one of these Forces of Destiny <laughs> episodes. Just, I want to see pretty Kylo. Like, like those full lips. And that beautiful hair. <laughs> I seriously think you'll get your wish in a few months. Oh, oh that oh, that'd be so cool. Just like I and then just like frame his stupid portrait. Like he's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I find it so hard to take Kylo seriously. And if they seriously like made a beautiful cartoon out of him, that would just be the last nail on the I can't take Kylo seriously coffin. <laughs> like <laughs> I like Kylo. I think he Adam oh. Driver is such a great actor. Yeah, I I like him a lot too, and he definitely intrigues me. I'm just not like scared of him or anything. He's oh. just he's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> like I was so surprised. Tangent, but I I didn't know who played Kylo Ren before I went into the movie theater to see Force Awakens for the first time. Really? I stayed yeah, I stayed away from everything Star Wars for like the year leading up to Force Awakens. It I watched the trailer. That okay. was it. Yeah, I didn't and know he had his mask on the whole time. Yeah, and I I didn't, you know, I I didn't know anything about anything for Force Awakens because I wanted to go into that movie not knowing anything like at all. I wanted to be surprised. I because I knew that this Force Awakens would probably be my last chance in my whole life to not know anything about a Star Wars movie. Um like like I did when I watched uh, uh, A New Hope for the very first time. Sure. I just thought that as a, like a cool opportunity. And so when Kylo Ren did take off his helmet I was so surprised because I didn't know what to expect under there. And I did not expect him to be so beautiful and to have such luscious hair. And then, like, when he does take off his helmet, the camera, like, cuts to Ray, And she looks so surprised. Like, in that moment, I was Ray. We were the same. 
Like we had identical expressions on our faces because we were like, what? He kind of hot. What's going on? Kind of hot. He's kind of hot. <laughs> oh. So no, I, I'm very intrigued like Kylo. And, and when I say I can't take him seriously, I don't mean that I don't like him as a character. He He's intriguing to me. I, I always like villains. I always have such a soft spot for, for villains. Um, but, uh, when I say I can't take him seriously, I mean, like, he's not scary. <laughs> he's not Vader. <laughs> Give him time. He can do some things to make you afraid of him. Yeah, I maybe. Don't... We'll see. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Tell me about, uh, about your, um, final Forces of Destiny episodes. All right. My last pitch. And this one, I think is kind of a home run um oh all right i'm buckled in i'm ready to go we need one last leia episode this one is general leia and this one comes out of the force awakens it was a cut scene um that they didn't use uh general leia talks to her envoy uh i believe her name is uh Corsella, uh, on Hosnian Prime. And I wanted to see basically the politics of the Republic and the Resistance on Hosnian Prime right before Hosnian Prime goes bye-bye. So, like, I would love to see something with Corsella trying to encourage the Republic to get into the battle to demonstrate what kind of threat the First Order is and why they should be supporting the resistance. And um, I would like to see a, the conversation between Leia and Corsella to kind of update of, as to how this is going and what's... Are they going to get the support of the Republic or not? Um, and then cut to the Starkiller base basically blowing up Hosnium Prime. <laughs> so, no! So you see, like, this moment of tension and uh, two women working together to tr- for a cause to to make change- positive changes happen. And then you also have the tragedy of what happens to Hosnian Prime. And I think that it would just give so much weight to that scene that we don't understand because in the movie they don't explain what Hosnian Prime is. They don't explain that it's the capital of the Republic. They don't explain who the people are on that planet, um, and they they don't give Corsella her just due. So, like, I I feel like this needs to happen. Where it's just a cutscene from The Force Awakens that we didn't really get. Yeah, I think I think yeah, we do need that explanation in some sort of visual canon. I, I know we have it in the books and stuff, but if we could see it in an animated series. Um, or, or have it somehow referenced in one of the movies, that would be excellent. We really do need that. I, I want to ask you, though, if if we have to see uh, uh, Hosnian Prime blown up in the Forces of Destiny episode, can we can we just leave it on, you know, she's going off, uh, you know, the envoy is going off to, you know, reason with the Republic, or, or do we have to see it get blown up? Because that seems a little dark. Forces of Destiny. Uh, I mean, we all know that it gets blown up is the thing. Like, But kids don't. Um, 
maybe you don't have to, but I want to see them on that balcony looking up and seeing a big red red flash. <laughs> oh no! So, so maybe you don't see it blow up, but you see the big red flash. Okay. Yeah. So it's All so right. mysterious as to how it ends. Mm -hmm. But people that know how the movie ends would put it together that they all go bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but that, would that, that would so be dark. so powerful. Like, <laughs> it would be powerful, yeah, absolutely. And it's General Leia, like, and it's the politics of The Force Awakens that we didn't get. So I, I would really, really like to see that. Yeah, I would like to see some uh, General Leia in, um, or... or uh, resistance leia in forces of destiny i think that'd be cool and it, and it would be really cool to flesh out this uh you know her role in force awakens basically so of the ones we've gotten so far do you have a favorite um heroine uh, in the forces of destiny i know oh, this is a question i'm yeah. spur spurring on you last minute but no worries yeah i think it's it really has been Jin. I I found Jin's episode so delightful, and and her doll is so delightful. I I am really glad she was included in the Forces of Destiny line because I feel like I've gotten so much more out of her character. Uh, you know, being able to to play with her doll and being able to connect with her the way I did in her uh, in her episode, the one that made me cry, her, her first Forces of Destiny episode. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but that was that was such a good one. Oh, it was called The Stranger. The That's Stranger, right. Yeah. The Stranger. So uh, Jen has been my favorite heroine from this series. Uh, what about you? Oh, I th I think it's Leia. I think mm -hmm. the episodes on Hoth and Endor have been my favorite heroine episodes. I think that Yoda's teaching and teach you I will is my favorite mm -hmm. content because I think it has the most impact on who, who you want to be. Um, but I think Leia has been my favorite heroine. That's fair. She has done a lot, like a lot in these forces of destiny episodes. The, this series has been very kind to her yeah. in the best way. <laughs> I mean, even Push her button, interaction, <laughs> I love it, man. I do. <laughs> Push the button. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say? Uh, just her interaction with uh, Sabine on in the. Uh... Oh yeah, that was really nice. Uh, yellow. It's not yellow paint. That's what Zoe calls it. <laughs> um, yeah, where Sabine and Leia meet up to get the plans. Yeah. I love it when I don't Sabine remember. calls her senator. I mean, princess. princess. <laughs> I mean, just call me Leia. Yeah, that's so good. You keep fighting like on the inside. Position. I'll keep fighting on the outside. Yeah, that one was really good. I had I had a lot of emotions about that one in our first Forces of Destiny talk, where it was just so rewarding to see these two characters that we never really thought would meet, which is weird because Leia was on an episode of Rebels, and mm -hmm. I can't remember if she talked to Sabine, which is bizarre. But, uh, but yeah, just this idea that Leia and Sabine could be in the same room and help each other out and promise to keep fighting together but not together it it was really good it's a good episode a good pick thanks 
I appreciate yeah. it. So, uh, next week, I believe we're going to dive into a Qui-Gon Jinn character discussion. Yes! Are you ready for that? <laughs> I am so here for that. I mean, it's been like, what, two, three weeks since we've talked about uh, anything Phantom Menace, and like, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get chills, man. I'm starting to like, I'm starting to shake. I can't, I can't go this long without talking about Phantom Menace. Okay. 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 <laughs> we can talk about it next week. I promise. Let's talk about Phantom, Phantom Menace. We're gonna talk about Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. <laughs> and then so, the following oh. week, we can talk about how we're missing Darth Maul in Attack of the Clones. Yes, how we should have been there. Oh, yeah, and I'll just I'll just cry for two hours. That's that's what'll happen. But no, I love me some Qui Gon Jinn. He is my favorite Jedi out of every Jedi and all the Jedi. I just love Qui Gon Jinn, and I am so ready to just dissect his character and talk about kind of what he means to the franchise as a whole, and just everything Qui Gon. Bring bring all your Qui Gon thoughts to me. I want them all. I want to eat them up. <laughs> okay. I will do yes. that. And we will yes. discuss that next week. Sounds good. Sounds so good. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess, yeah, that wraps things up for us. If we're good to go. Yeah? Yes, I believe so. All good here. Wow, what a discussion. That was so much fun. I can't believe I had like two episodes worth of stuff to say about Forces of Destiny. Though I guess it shouldn't be that surprising. <laughs> and this is going to be our longest episode yet. So Wow. Ooh, good for us. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's, uh, since this is our longest episode ever, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh this has been Moon Jockeys Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, uh, maybe tweet us or send us an email. Uh, maybe tell me your favorite Qui-Gon Jinn moment or what you like best about Qui-Gon Jinn or any of your thoughts about Qui-Gon Jinn. I know he certainly has his detractors. Uh, go ahead and send us those thoughts at Moon Jockeys Pod on Twitter or at Moon Jockeys Podcast at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Brian, if people want to reach out to you personally, where can they do that? At Balls and Play on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. And for me, if you want to reach out to me personally, I'm Katie, and you can hit me up at Dameron on Twitter. And we'll have good times, and we'll talk about the prequels, and I'll tell you how much I love The Phantom Menace. That's exactly <laughs> how this will happen if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for recording with me tonight. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. So everybody out there listening, can't wait to hear from you next week. And remember, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.